Hello, and welcome to Because Nature Tells Me So. I'm Susan Charks. This podcast, which originates from scenic, historic, and still beautiful Bucks County, Pennsylvania, features my writings about nature. This week I'll be reading my latest Nature's Way column, E Pluribus Unum. The printed version appeared in the August 23, 2007 issue of the Bucks County Herald. A Philadelphia cheesesteak merchant gained some recent notoriety when he declared English to be his emporium's official language. If your phrase book didn't include whiz, wit, you were out of luck. Go down the block and order a pizza. There are plants that take this approach, betting the store on a single class of customer, one who speaks a specific language of pollination. Yuccas, for example, depend on particular species of moths to reproduce. Only one moth species can pollinate any given yucca species, and that moth doesn't pollinate any other plants. In turn, the moth depends on the yucca to reproduce. The female deposits her eggs in the yucca flower, so that the larvae will be nourished by its seeds. Mountain mints, by contrast, welcome diversity. They take, you might say, the United Nations approach to pollinating. In July and August, a mountain mint is a buzzing, shimmering, fluttering general assembly. Bees, flies, wasps, butterflies, and moths congregate around the crowded head of blossoms that gives the genus its scientific name, Pycnanthemum, densely flowered. All varieties of mountain mint, nine are native to Pennsylvania, belong to the mint family, which includes such garden staples as spearmint, peppermint, lavender, rosemary, and basil, as well as our native sages, hyssops, and bee balms. Mints produce characteristic fragrances packaged in volatile oils that float on the air, an olfactory oratory that rouses pollinators to action. Honeybees at home speak the language of the hive, a waggling dance that gives turn-by-turn directions to sources of food. Other pollinating insects broadcast dispatches with chemical pheromones to members of their species, who are equipped with a kind of decoder ring that unveils the hidden meaning in the molecular message. No matter the language they use to communicate with each other, pollinators understand what the mountain mint tells them. It's as if they're listening to a simultaneous translator that enables them to comprehend the language of an entirely separate biological kingdom. Warm, sweet nectar available, says the plant to its pollinators. Non-pollinating creatures translate the fragrance into utterly different messages. Mint scents repel ants, who might otherwise steal nectar without performing any pollinating chores. Plant-eating insects, as well as voles, mice, and other herbivores, also find mints repugnant. People, on the other hand, associate the aroma of mint with a pleasant taste, an interpretation that, while it might cause the demise of individual plants, is to the species' benefit overall, since we merrily cultivate and propagate the plants we eat. Our own language, English, is somewhat inaccurate when it comes to the mountain mints. While some varieties do prefer rocky ridges, you're just as likely to come across mountain mints in a lowland meadow or moist woods, or along a stream bank. Since their many different pollinators live in a wide range of habitats, so do the plants. The larger the pollinator, the larger is its nectaring apparatus, and the more nutrients it needs, so bigger insects prefer big, deep flowers. The mountain mint, however, accommodates multiple dining preferences. One or two of its diminutive white upturned flowers may suffice as a meal for tiny insects, but by grouping many flowers together, the mountain mint makes a foraging trip worthwhile for larger insects, too and each flower head has an extra sturdy lower leaf, 
ensuring that the walnut-sized bee flies can land just as easily as peppercorn-sized syrphid flies. A mass of pollinators converging on a mountain mint, a mosaic of pulsating wings and spiraling proboscises, is more than a pretty picture. It's a college of the air, a community sustained by the linguistic knowledge of its two-, four-, and six-legged scholars who interpret mountain mint messages, and the mountain mint's knowledge about what its messages mean to those creatures. The community is bound together not by a shared language or even a shared understanding of the same messages, but by everyone's share in the relationships that make up the whole. Flowers bloom and flowers fade, but as long as mint has meaning, the community will live on.'